I just asked him. How's all those B vitamins? I mean, between the Johns. <laughs> I guess you guys have a, a pact of solidarity to ask such personal questions. <laughs> all right. Anyway, what are we doing today, guys? Wait, what are we? Oh, yeah. Hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 tabletop and horror podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always, I am joined by... The John. This one. Not the one that we were talking about a little bit ago. Not not one of the many Johns. The ultimate John, universes? John mm-hmm. A. Not John E, but John A. Mm-hmm. What? Who are you? I'm Sarah. Uh, <laughs> I'm very tired. I love and appreciate you all. I've consumed so much caffeine. Tends to happen. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, folks. I don't recommend starting a new big boy adult job while also going to college full time. It does things to your brain and your spirit that I'm not gonna say are necessarily bad, but they're large. This is like the third time you've done it. Yes. You'd think you'd learn from your lesson. I, Here's the thing. The part of the reason I keep restarting this is because I thought I, I thought I could scam my way through getting college and not having to pay for it as a lower class, like first generation American. Yeah. And the answer is no. <laughs> you do your best. I did. I tried really hard. And then I was like, all right, fine. I'll take your fucking loans. Pieces of shit. It's tough stuff. Because the economy just won't let me exist without the fucking magic paper. Money. It's a cult. Speaking of, we're doing cults part three. Money's a cult. Money is a cult. Uh, many things are cults. Uh, we, many moons ago, did a little deep dive introspection into cults for Vampire the Masquerade because there was a Cult of the Blood Gods book. That cult of Shalim, though. Yeah. Spooky. I hear you're getting pretty tired. <laughs> I'm very tired. With all that work. John, do we need to talk about things later? You want to know what would not feel tired? Is it entropy? Hmm. I mean, I'm just saying that never gets tired. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Fair. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you looking out. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So, uh, for this part three, uh, while World of Darkness has existed for a long time, and there's a lot of different beliefs and religions and thoughts and theories that exist in Vampire, let alone all of the other splats, uh, fifth edition has really brought forward issues of faith into the foreground of the meta plot, which is why we keep talking about it. I feel yeah. like that's one of the big setting uh, change-ups for 5th edition that I'm just like, that is neat and cool. At least for me, especially considering how much of the game plot is basically religious allegory, but they've never just flat out fucking said it. Yeah. I don't know. They pretty much flat out fucking said it. Yeah. When they use characters like Kane and Lilith. And... Yeah. Well, it was like, yeah, the kind of danced around it and that made it like, this is the plot that you have to fucking deal with. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's all filtered. Well, they kind of did down. too, though. Yeah. When they were like god's real yeah but like not really but is it's annoying <sighs> so i got this barn that mm-hmm. i recently per- purchased uh-huh. out like on some property yeah it's i don't like believe 300 it. acres of land oh god we can just start a little community <sighs> this sounds like every other polycule i've almost gotten absorbed into anyway you must pers- and yet she persists <laughs> and yet i persist Sarah, i won't try to fuck you though <laughs> no i know which is great and good i appreciate that <laughs> We have a mutual understanding. Yep. Sick. We can just build a community without the fucking. Yeah. Not that I'm against the fucking. It's just I I love and respect you too much to subject you to Same. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there are different ways of uh, engaging and dealing with these plot lines and goodies for your game. Uh, the notes we are covering are mostly from Cults of the Blood Gods. So hooray. 
Uh, content warning. Obviously talking about cult and religious trauma and indoctrination and recruitment, uh, mostly focusing around issues of how cults function and the real world harm they can cause. So if that's things that give you the ick, you can skip this. You can just press that skip 15 seconds ahead and just over keep... <laughs> and over and over. Or you could just press the, the other one. I have to go. do that for every iHeartRadio affiliated podcast. And it drives me insane. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I specifically pay to not have ads. Why are there ads? I don't want them. God damn it. So our sources for this week is Cult of the Blood Gods core book. Also, Losing Reality on Cults, Cultism, and the Mindset of Political and Religious Zealotry by Robert Lifton. You know, if it wasn't over such a fucking heavy-ass topic, mm -hmm. that's a good first couple names. Yeah. First, first couple words. Losing Reality. Yeah. I like that book. Yeah. There's also uh, What Makes a Cult a Cult by Zoe Heller. Uh, cult Explained by Netflix. It's a good little documentary. And then Tech Bros Have Built a Cult Around AI by Behind the Bastards. That literally just dropped while I was writing all of this stuff. So I was just like, oh. Here we are. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Get off my script schedule. Uh, then we also have Unethical Game Content and Effects Studies, a critical reading by Miguel C. Cart. All right, all right. <sighs> that's a few, that's a couple sources. Yeah, doing this extra reading on top of the reading I'm already doing might be part of the reason why I feel like my brain is falling out of my skull. It's not. I know it's not physically, but like spiritually. I was just making sure you knew. Okay, I appreciate it. Trying to give you, you some comfort. I feel like we'd smell that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think be... brain smells like? I know what brain smells like of a like a actually dead thing, but if you were somehow still alive and your brain was leaking out. <sighs> I'd probably have like a fatty, irony, coppery smell because yeah. your brain's like a lot of fat and neuron tissue. Yeah, but it doesn't smell very good. I've eaten animal brain, so I'm like, I'm aware of what that smell is, but... It's cooked too, though. But it's usually cooked, yeah. yeah. I have tanned creatures. Mm -hmm. I helped somebody tan with a brain once. Wait. I don't want to ever do it again. <laughs> it's nasty. It's a lot. That's fair. <laughs> I got brain the other day, but I wasn't paying attention well enough to the smells. Mm, why'd you get brain? Anyway. Okay. Abby someone. <laughs> so beginning <laughs> off, we're going to have a note on unethical gaming content because hey, y your girl leveled up on I found... Uh, smart people books about the shit we've been yelling about on the show for two years. Yay, smart so, people. Hey, it's not just us having opinions. Excuse me. Did smart people write books? Smart people do write books. What the fuck? I know. It's the worst. So, <laughs> small quote. Uh, unethical content is the actions that are designed to simulate what would be considered unethical behavior outside of the game. Just a little preface of that's what we are talking about. So... Uh, within this uh, definition, we are going to note that this does not mean that the content itself is immune to being unethical, because you can have unethical content that is engaged with in an unethical way, so therefore the whole thing is just bad. Yes. Yes. And this also does not mean that uh, unethical content is automatically damning, so just because you're engaging with stuff in the game contents that is unethical doesn't mean that you, by association, are a bad person or are doing a bad thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Gaming, whether tabletop or video, can really only teach bad behaviors if the players, storyteller, dungeon master, designers lack what is called moral maturity. So, uh, there is no current data, really anywhere, as I'm aware of, at this date, that shows that games alone can fundamentally change a person's mental state or, like, moral center. So, this brass text boils down to... Doom does not cause school shooters. GTA doesn't make you do crime. Fallout New Vegas does not change your gender. I have to disagree, though. Okay. Ba uh, Baldur's Gate made me uh, slightly respect magic users. <gasps> but you engage with the game. Yeah, I did. On a moral and ethical. You chose to engage with it within a simulation. 
and learned a thing. I suppose so. Yeah, it was ethical content when I was doing those awful things in the game, too. Yeah. All right. Well, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Disproved your entire premise. Sorry, Sarah. I'm moving on. <laughs> right. Well, it's just the... I wanted to touch base on the fact that we are still, I can't believe, as a society, having these conversations about, like, do video games make kids violent? Mm. Does music make kids violent? Does art make people do crazy things? And I'm just like, no. I feel like if movies and those kinds of things made people violent, then our generation with the, hey, check out this funny comic, mm-hmm. and then it being like a beheading video, I feel like there'd be... More beheadings? More yeah. beheadings. Yeah, statistically, actually, we are the least violent generation recorded ever. Suck it. Yeah, I'm just like, eh, yeah. It might be because we've gotten rid of a lot of lead. Maybe. Yeah. And also, we as a culture are having more conversations like this one about like, hey, maybe when you're doing things, when you're playing pretend, it stays in the pretend space. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, That sounds like a good idea. Cool. Yeah. So for uh, people to engage with unethical content in a way that's not like actually a problem, uh, players must be able to understand that they are engaging with a simulation. So, uh... Some subjects when you that are of the simulation might not be great for things and uh, individuals like children and teenagers or people with like certain either mental health problems or mental health con- like states mm-hmm. might not be a good time for them because they're not capable of separating themselves and their values and their morals from the simulation. So that's where it goes from like, ah, the unethical content can be engaged with ethically to, well, of course, the 12 year old doesn't have the brain space to like process this in a way that is like not a problem. So then it has slipped into being unethical. Yeah. And also players must be able to interpret and reflect upon the unethical content. So if you're a storyteller, a DM, a designer, and you are setting up scenarios in your games, which are ostensibly simulations, and you set things up in a way where your players can not not choose to engage with it, and you don't give them space to like talk about it or think about it inside and or outside of the game, mm. then it goes back around to being bad. Right. Because if you're just like set, like if you're railroading people into like, well, you have to kill the innocent civilians, there's no other choice, or you have to torture this guy to get information. Yeah. And you don't allow your players to have the space to be like, can I find another way? I feel bad about this. Can we talk about it? Or pull you aside and be like, hey, I kind of don't want to do that. Like at all. I know it's a simulation and whatever, but like, I don't want to know. And then you're going to punish them for that or and or not allow it. I'm like, no, that's that goes back around to being actually bad as Fair. opposed to pretend bad. Womp. Yeah. Womp, womp. Keep that in mind when we're talking about cult stuff, please. And or I'm just going to j- gesture vaguely at just all of World of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. So with that preface, why do cults work like at all? It was like, OK, we've. We have talked in the past about like form and function, but why does it actually work and why does it keep working? It's just so fun and profitable. <laughs> For fun and profit. <laughs> you're not wrong. Oh. <clears throat> Am I though? Ah, uh, uh, you're not entirely off. Um, cults are able to pull uh, people into their thought circles uh, from all sorts of walks of life, all sorts of different places. And the people who do get pulled into these are not actually weak-willed and stupid. We all really, as a, Society need to, like, get rid of that idea because it's not helpful. And it's actually helping further allow people to be taken advantage of. Yeah. So maybe don't. So many of us 
Fun facts, and as much as we don't want to admit it, uh, hold on to beliefs that are irrational or just cause, like we have a feeling about it and this means a lot to us, regardless if the belief has uh, any, you know, rational reason for being there. And these beliefs can be spiritual or secular. There's just a lot of things that we will hold on to for whatever reason uh, and, quote, rationalize how the facts conform to their emotionally derived preconceptions. Everyone does this. You are not immune. I am not immune. So, uh, so is that kind of like the mm -hmm. irrational beliefs would be like uh, the beliefs that um, uh, among the general uh, population of a of a city that Toriador shouldn't be trusted? That's an irrational belief that a lot yeah. of people hold. And oh yeah, there's things like even just like common little things like I will give homeless people money, and I've had friends just tell me that that's illogical. Mm. Outside of even putting it outside of the I don't have a say in how that person's spending their money, which I'm like. Why should I have control how that person spends their money? Yeah. I've given it to them. It's out of my hands now, quite literally. I'm somebody who is constantly like financially struggling myself. And they're just like, why Why are you giving what little money you have away to somebody else? Like you could use that. And I'm like, yeah, but they need it more than I do. Mm -hmm. I know logically it doesn't make sense. And I should be like saving every fucking red cent I have for X, Y, and Z reasons. But I'm just like, no, I'm going to give this guy five bucks because he fucking needs it more than me. Off we go. Yeah. So. I was I was thinking even more specific ones like the uh, I'm sure a lot of smokers mm -hmm. weed or cigarettes have heard the old folk tale or whatever you want to call it that uh like white lighters are bad luck white lighters are mm -hmm. bad luck mm -hmm. the thing all gamers have about punishing dice punishing dice or you have like a bad set of dice mm -hmm. that are unlucky or my personal favorites people are dicking around with dice and just like rolling them in between scenes. And they happen to roll like a nat 20. And they're just like, oh, look, you wasted a 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, statistically, no, you didn't. Like that 20 could show up literally, literally equally any as any other fucking number. As long as your dice are weighted correctly. Mm -hmm. No matter how many times you roll. Yeah. So it's like you didn't waste. You don't have a magical amount of 20s that are going to show up at the game. So see, you are not immune. <laughs> I mean, unless you like, you know, are a wizard. If you're a divination wizard, yes, you have a certain amount of 20s you could technically have scrolled away. Or if you're a heroine blood sorcerer for Pathfinder. Yeah. But that's literally playing with Tempting with Fate anyways. <laughs> but the point still stands. And the kind of fun thing is this phenomenon uh, is being more generally accepted by scholars that humans are the not these logical beings of pure rationality that have been written about by our predecessors in various academic communities documents. I feel like that should be a thing that we've known for a long time. You'd think. Because we, we are emotional little, yeah. little fuckers. That's, the that's whole, true. That's the whole basis of Spock. Yeah. Is it, isn't it he weird? Because he people all logical and stuff? Well, uh, Spock is half Vulcan and half human. So he has both. So he's having to like square... Yeah, uh, but I mean, that that yeah. is conceptually, that's what others him from humanity, quote unquote, is that, is he's, that he's supposed to be hyper logical. Yeah. Yeah. So to like the basis that humanity is logical seems very. Yeah. Like it seems like Star a well-known fact to, to, to rest. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek puts many things to rest. It's fair, actually. <laughs> like any concept ahead of being straight. Uh, <laughs> yep. I get that. Yep. Anywho. Uh, or liking capitalism. Yeah. 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 Yeah, parents were like, watch Star Trek, young Sarah. And then they were surprised that I was like, fuck the government. Like, we could have had that government. It's like, what? I could have had free food and space? <laughs> now I have to pay taxes. This is bullshit. Why are we like this? Anywho. So 
Cults and other similar groups manipulate people through emotions and their basic cravings for belonging, community, and stability. That's a big chunk of the reason why they work and function the way they do. So uh, I do have a little quote if either of you want to read it. Boop, 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 boop. <clears throat> Humans understand the world through narratives. Uh, however we flatter ourselves about our individual rationality, a good story, no matter how analytically deficit, lingers in the mind resonates emotionally and persuades more than the most dispositive dispositive mm -hmm. i'm not hunter dispositive that's what you wanted right you wanted me to say no the word? oh humans understand the world through narratives however much we flatter ourselves about our individual rationality a good story no matter how analytically de deficit lingers in the mind resonates emotionally and persuades more than the most depositive I can't say that word. Facts or data. Memoirs of Extraordinary Popular Delusions and The Madness of Crowds by Charles Mackays. I forgot to get rid of the possessive there. That was my bad. That's so. okay. I don't like that word. What? Uh, dispositive? dispositive? Yeah. Dispositive. It means not positive. I know. My brain doesn't. That's okay. We can, we can throw that away for now. We're, we've moved beyond it. So You don't need to have be so dispositive <laughs> about that reading. <laughs> <laughs> So note about that little little brackets was the stories of cults are typically how to live. Fuck. Oh, sorry. So the stories of cults are typically this is how to live. This is the answer to your troubles or you are not alone. Most cults will have a narrative based on one of these kind of three or narrative trains, maybe a mix of them. Mm -hmm. So those are the stories they will be trying to sell to people to manipulate them emotionally to get them to do the things that they want. So once the... Story conceit lie of one of these like three major archetype stories is accepted by the member. They have entered into a simulation that is incredibly hard for them to step out of. So cult tactics do mirror a lot of unethical game design in that once the player subject enters into the narrative space, actions are taken by the cult to keep the player from reflecting or disengaging from that space. While in many, but not all cases, the player subject has never really been in a space to make a morally mature choice to enter the narrative to begin with. A lot of times, real life cults will use drugs, mm -hmm. um, even like sex, lots and lots of that. Yeah. A lot of time they'll make people work to the bones. Oh yeah, they'll do things to make you tired. Yeah, they'll have you take bust your ass doing jobs, and then with the little time to get to sleep, they'll just wake you up in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Take away food. Take water. away food. Yeah. Yep. Push in like dysregulated eating by enforcing like specific calorie counts or restricting diets to certain kinds of food at certain times a day. <laughs> Tons of things they can that can be done to keep people from being able to like pause and think about what's, what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Therefore taking away their ability to reflect on what's happening. And yeah, there's also a lot of cults that will just literally use games on purpose as part of their tactics of just like getting people to like keep on the little wheel and mm. not like questioning what's happening. So yeah, uh, the, the focus of cults within a world of darkness system is I think an interesting, just like critique attempt at critiquing things in general. Cause it's like, you're playing a game about real life thing or a game set in a quasi real life situation that mirrors a lot of real life things. And these real life situations use game, they gamify certain aspects of life to exploit people. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like this Ouroboros of just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this yeah. is accidentally very smart. Or purposely very smart. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, hooray. Uh, if you are somebody who's like, I am intrigued about this and I would like to learn a little bit more like real life examples or actual mechanics or lore things uh, within the world of darkness. 
Uh, episode 26, Cults Part 1, we cover all of our real-life examples of cults and recruitment tactics and things like that. And then episode 27, Cults Part 2, we cover in-canon vampiric cults. So there's that information if you need it. Yeah. At this point, we are going to be uh, touching on a couple of those things a little bit, but we're mostly focusing on like you building your own. It's a DIY cult episode. I am tired and I keep wanting to say cult, like C-O-L-T instead of cult, C-U-L-T. Ring, That's what you get for being a Hoosier. I know. We love our cults. horse. Blah, baby. Uh, sports team full of big, strong men. Their mascot, baby horse. Maybe it's a gun you're talking about. Maybe we're supposed to build a gun. Like a Colt 45? Is this, is this a, uh, some sort of like Malkavian shit going on right now? Are you having like a... <sighs> I feel like somebody's been using dementation on me and I don't like it. My bad. Damn it, Hunter. <laughs> He's just like shaping a cube in the air with his hand. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> ADD, sorry. No, you're good. I, I also have the Ada. Uh, the Ada. It is fine. So with the cult stuff in mind, I did want to touch base uh, on this epi- episode that a cult does not have to be a secret club with roll- robes, sacrifices, and all the trappings that come in like an 80s police uh, training video. I mean, it'd be fun. Those it, are fun cults. The videos that have been uploaded to YouTube of 80s police training videos during the satanic panic are fucking hilarious. Yes. I have a couple of those on VHS. Right. They're, They're good. So good. We can watch them sometime. Hell yeah. Yeah. So while many cults do form with a strong leader and then like a hierarchical system, like kind of what we're used to seeing, things like uh, Cult of the Lamb mm-hmm. is an example, quite literally, and things you read what in a Lovecraft novel. There are several different types of cults where there are like many figureheads that provide guidance, but there's like no real leader. So when you're designing or running a cult that you're pulling from like canon, you don't necessarily have to have a Jim Jones or the what's his, the fuck, the guy from Nexium. What the fuck's his name? Or, you know. Wait, was that, that wasn't the Elizabeth Smart one, was it? No. The lady cult? No, that was like a weird Mormon thing. Oh, okay. My name's I don't remember his name. I thought it was straight with a J. Yeah, I, I kind of deleted that man oh, from my on. brain, so I don't remember. <laughs> Our live le- researcher, John. Ooh. You can get it at CVS still. Really? That's what this says. Keith Raniere. Yeah, Keith Raniere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to have like those kind of figures to be like the head of your cult. You could just have a cultic belief system that might have a few people that are like champions of it, but they're not like leaders. I'm trying to think of a real life cult that was kind of like that. MAGA. Good point. <laughs> Like, they're really excited about Trump, but I wouldn't say Trump, like, controls the MAGA people. Right. If that makes sense. Like, he's a figurehead, but he's not, like, creating the rules for that. That's, like, something that they have, like, collectively, like, hallucinated together on whatever forums they're on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the QAnon QAnon. and stuff. Yeah. QAnon, though, I think you could specifically say, at least at one point, it did have a leader. Yeah. If you get deep into the documentaries. Oh, for sure. It was the 8chan guy, most likely. But. Yeah, and there are occasions where cults like had a leader, but the narrative for the cult like spun out of control, and then the leader either couldn't control it or wasn't yes anding the narrative enough, so they get like chucked out as like a false prophet. It's kind of it's kind of what happened in Japan with like Happy Science. Mm, yeah, I believe they spun off off whatever Shoko Asahara's cult was called again. Oh, Om Shinrikyo? Yeah, I believe yeah. they spun off into Happy Science. I need to double check that. Okay. But I know uh, they're still around after yeah. he was gone. Yeah, as I said, the Japanese government did hang him, right? I think so. I think they did, yeah. 
Okay. Him and a couple people. Which is mm-hmm. wild because he said he could levitate. Nah, he just had really strong butt cheeks. I know. <laughs> but Which if is... he could actually levitate. That's true. Well, when they're hanging you, your butt cheeks are like nowhere near the ground. That's how they stop <laughs> Can't him. Can't jump. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> And there are, and as I had mentioned just a moment ago, reiterating now, uh, some cults will be so enwrapped in their own rituals and ideals that they become self-regulating and they might not even need a leader. Yeah. Which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's more scary or less scary. I think they become you... like a colony of ants. Mm-hmm. I think you could go that way with some of like the 80s satanic panic stuff. Mm-hmm. That was definitely kind of a non-directly guided almost cult-like thinking. Yeah, because there were, like, figureheads, like, certain Republican politicians that were just like, eh, there's satanic influences and things, and then, like, various parent groups and just weird things. And even, like, some poorly trained psychiatrists. And there's a whole whole lot. There's a lot of hands in that soup. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't think we have anybody who's clearly like, that's the one. Also, I would say the majority of those psychologists and psychiatrists weren't necessarily poorly trained as much as just shitty. Yeah. Well, I think well they were specifically training people. Yeah, to there's look for this stuff oh, yeah, at the the, time. there were some that were shittily I'm trained, sorry. and then there were some figureheads who were championing the shitty ideas because it was either like about. their pet theory or uh, they refused to catch up to the current science of the day, and they're just like, "No, I'm right. This is what I've always known." And I'm like, "That's not how science works. Like, yeah. you got new data. You're supposed to fucking change Let's your ideals. Go. You dipshit." So. Cults also don't have to be traditionally religious. So while hellfire sermons and long-winded lectures about aliens are often the fodder of cults, uh, these groups can form around any number of subjects and subcultures, whether it's like business, tech, art, justice, and so on. Wasn't uh, a Scientology mm-hmm. religious list for the first while? Yeah, technically very, I'm, I'm truncating a lot of, there's a lot of stuff Scientology. Yeah. yeah. Scientology was technically in the beginning mostly like a self-help, like psychological program you could follow. Yeah. And then LRH was like, but I don't want to pay taxes. (laughs) Which I understand because he's like, no, I got to put all this money into a weird boat and putting costumes on my dogs. I mean, I do all that. I would love to have a cool (laughs) boat. It's the other stuff. It's the other stuff that you're just like, uh. Yeah. My dog needs costumes. He does look cute in that little dapper jacket. That's why you should join our Patreon and help us start our dog coat uh, cult. Yeah. Yeah. We got to make sure Jersey's got that drip. True. And then after we've started this dog coat cult organization, the dog coat organization, you can, you know, join us on this hundred acre farm i have yeah we, we can help you make coats for your dogs yeah we've we already kind of started a corn cult by mistake it's true <laughs> so like <laughs> to the point that the the eric the friend who is uh helping organize our uh engagement at gen con this year yes we're gonna be at gen con again Woo! we'll it talk is, about that later it's confirmed yes but uh he was talking with me about the uh the right script or like the posting script for what our panel info is going to be and he gave me the thing and i went yeah that's good and then he comes back with a can i put a line in here about corn and i was like yes i'm never gonna escape this corn meta <laughs> i just need to embrace it at this yep. point because i figured once we were done with the corn tub there'd be like a couple of months of a haha and that would just kind of like peter out and it just it persists sarah what we didn't choose the corn lifestyle <sighs> The corn lifestyle chose us. I don't know why my my mother was flown across the Atlantic Ocean to have me here in this state outside of potentially a ritualistic purpose. I think that kind of leads into our next uh, quote that Sarah's got here, though. Yeah, it does. I can go ahead and read that. Read it. 
Nobody joins a cult. Nobody. They join a good thing, and then they realize they were fucked. It's from The Vow by HBO. Yeah, which is the the documentary about Nexium. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Which is why that was on the brain. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Basically, most people that are in cults don't think they're in them. And and if they do acknowledge, even if they do acknowledge that it's like, eh, the, I know this group sucks, or is sus, but I'm doing this for a greater good, or I'm doing this for my betterment, like... People in these groups or that are involved tend to not think they're doing anything wrong or are being abused. So yeah, you end up in some dicey places. So if you're going to custom order and custom build your own cult, a note from a cult of the blood gods, if one of you guys want to read. I think it's your turn, actually. Oh, it is. That is my turn. Over the past 30 years, kindred society has seen a glut of individual churches rise to the fore, which has created a sea of competing faiths. This is from Cult of the Blood Gods, page 175. So, the meta plot involving religions for vampire, I kind of feel very much parallels a lot of the social anxieties, particularly millennials and Gen Z, are dealing with in the fact that... Uh, we have lived and existed in a world that is in a constant state of chaos. There's been like 9-11, the, uh, the fucking 2008 housing crisis, COVID-19. I'm going to gesture at all the war wars and genocides. Uh, then there's like climate disaster that's always just like, hey, hey, there's flowers blooming in Antarctica. And it's just Why all this. Happen. Yeah, that's not that shouldn't be happening. So this has left several generations of people left holding a bag for a future that physically cannot happen. I think it is a reasonable response for most people to seek out situations that can uh, either help relieve them of the burden of choices or find a place of solace and stability that gives them an actual direction for their life. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you don't. The well, You've already said it, but the majority of people that are in cults, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. They just want something good. Yeah. Want something better than what whatever it is they had. Yeah. Like, it's, it's part of the reason why, like, as much as, like, incels drive me up a fucking wall, I do genuinely feel really bad for them. Because I just kind of read it as a, uh, you know, the people that are, like, doing the looks maxing and having these ideas about, like, how relationships are supposed to be and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, like, I am entitled to XYZ. I'm like, you're, you're not... But I understand this is you desperately clutching at straws to feel like you have some sense of control or some sense of like a track of how life is going to be for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm very empathetic about that. I'm just like that. Yeah. It's like, dude, I, I see you have some gaps in your life and people promised you a bunch of shit when you were a kid and it's just not happening. And you don't know how to square this or you just haven't been given the emotional tools to like process this appropriately. So I see how you got here. And that I'm empathetic about. Your reactions to these things are not good, and I don't feel bad for you. For yeah. it, but like, but fuck. I think almost all of us have the same kind of bag of like we were all promised things. Yeah, and we were all like, go to school, do a good job, go to school. Yeah. Oh God. House, family. Like, how many of our friends have either gone into tech or teaching? Yep. And have just gotten absolutely roasted for that and hosed for the rest of their lives. Like it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I think having this kind of mirrored in Vampire where there's like, yeah, with the Camarilla, there was this promise of like a hierarchy and a stability and this like social castle that cannot be rocked. And it has been rocked. So what does that mean to the undead? Yeah. Let alone the younger undead that have all of the anxieties that we do 
and then have on top of that thrown the plot of like, oh yeah, by the way, there's these like nigh uninvincible like fucking demigods just like wandering around and they might wake up and eat us all one night. If they feel like it. And, yeah. Just figure that out. And there's flowers blooming in Antarctica. <laughs> You and know, none there of might your be one of them up there, yeah, actually. And none of your superiors will do any. Technically, your superiors run the reins of everything, and they will not do anything about it. Yeah, because it's not real. Yeah, and it's like just like oh, just God. like climate change. Yeah, so there's a lot of plot things where it's like I can anybody who is confused about why this might be popping up now in the game series, I'm like, no, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So with building a cult, the big three things you're going to need is people, time, and money. Those are your big starting blocks. Want to know what's fucking crazy? What? Vampires are really good at having all those. Yeah, I know, right? Really good at it. Uh, Might be why a lot of vampires are like, well, I could spend decades climbing this social ladder to get what I want, but the planet's on fire. I don't technically have decades to do this shit, so I can speed run a power grab by building a cult. Yep. Hell yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) That's a vampire. So for any group to function... Uh, you're going to need these things. You're going to have to plot out who are the people this cult is trying to draw in and what kind of time scale you're working on and how are you going to fund everything? Those are your big questions when you're starting to plan all of this. So recruitment is the first step to gaining members. Makes sense. Uh, decide on the methods that would work for this cult and what does not cross the boundaries of your table. Because yes. a lot of cult recruitment tactics, unfortunately, Real do become or are just inherently abusive. Yeah. Things like love bombing and grooming and indoctrination and isolation. Flirty fishing. Yeah. And I feel like most of the more low-key ones wouldn't Mm -hmm. work so well on a vampire. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, we know how to heal heal your illness. I mean, you could kind of sell something that angle. Mm -hmm. But there's less like, here, wear this $200 copper bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. You might be able to get some vampires with the, you gotta hop onto this AI thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's the new technology that's going to fundamentally uh, control the future and the way humans are going to perceive and interact with reality. Or there was that uh, <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows episode where there's mm-hmm. a cult of vampires who are just really into like dancer size. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was they were into dancer size, but the crux of the, that cult was filling in the Nandor's gap of feeling a sense of community and belonging, which goes back to that emotion thing that I was talking about. So it's like, mm-hmm. you could technically indoctrinate a very old, powerful vampire who might want to try and rekindle some sense of humanity within himself, and you've given him this forum of brotherhood right, to join in on. That'd be a fucking wild way to get a Mala. Right. Like, yeah, I have a mala because I run this cult and it's mostly full of people who like can't afford their shoes because they gave me all their money. But he believes in me. He believes in this cause. Yeah. Because he's realized that he's earned so much money that it is meaningless, that life is meaningless. And I have given him meaning by giving me money to pretend to buy shoes for people. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) God, we're terrible. So, yeah. Uh yeah, just be aware of uh, some of these tactics. Very unethical content. And some of it, your players are not going to want to fuck with, especially if it's like really close to real life situations they've dealt with. Um, we being in the Midwest, a lot of our friends have uh, various religious traumas dealing with uh, fucked up things they have had to deal with the church. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand you not wanting to replay that shit again at the table. Yeah. We can skip that. That's okay. Yeah. So uh also keep in mind that these tactics will also steer towards what kinds of people and resources that you could possibly narratively engage in so there's that side of it too 
This isn't cynical at all. Speaking of continuing the not cynicism, uh, the ideals of the cult may shape what kinds of people you can pull or the sources of people may affect your ideals. So recruiting from like a lower class of people might focus your community building through mutual aid or providing ways to inform or improve uh, financial conditions. This is where you get more of like your MLMs or your like churches, quote mm -hmm. unquote, that kind of shit. A lot of the uh, the the mega churches and stuff like that, yeah. where they're reaching out to lower class of people and being like, "Give us all your money, and God will triple it." Yeah. Oh yeah. What's that? Was it called seeding? I yeah. think that's what's called. Yeah. Oh god, that shit. Because you got to sow your seeds. <sighs> that makes me so angry. Or oh, I hate my brain. I just came up with the darkest version of that, or one of the darker versions of that. Give us your blood. Yes. Except it's a vampire who runs a church that's really into the quiverful movement. Ugh. So I know, it's encouraging I know some escapees. Yeah, that shit's like not good. So he's yeah, just encouraging his parishioners to have a fuckload of babies because that's what God wants. And he's just feeding off of all of them. Yeah. So he just has the most massive girthy herd. I've got a herd of 200 people. They live with me. Yeah, it's like, it's like what? This is cleaver maxing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this is. And I hate it. I hate that my brain went there and I went, no. That is, I'm putting that antagonist in my back pocket. I hate him. Yep. I hate them. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. And then the, another form of this you might want to consider is like if you're recruiting from like IT and academics, you might want to push for ideals that focus on their skills, saving the world mm. or building a better future, thus giving their lives purpose. Yeah, that would be like um or um, which they pulled from a lot mm -hmm. of like scientists oh, and yeah. tech people uh anime nerds yeah was their main target yeah there's and, also mm -hmm. like uh what happened around like crypto and what's currently happening around now with like ai like there's just convincing a lot of who would i would consider fairly smart people outside of this little thought problem they have because yeah there's some nefarious sides of the ai bro shit i wasn't really aware of until the most recent behind the bastards episode where yeah apparently there's chunks of the ai community where they're just like if you are not helping us build a better future with AI, you're inhibiting humanity and therefore you're an enemy of humanity. And uh, that is akin to murder. That's been going on for a long time. I wasn't aware of like how intense that was. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? The Rocco's Basilisk, guys. Well, I was aware of the Rocco Basilisk, but I was, I was aware of that more as like a thought experiment. Not that somebody had picked this shit up and then went, ah, oh, this is just my life philosophy now and I'm going to be pushing it on to other people. That I mean, there's basically been people doing that on Reddit since that thought experiment got big on Reddit. And now that AI is here, I feel like a lot of those people have like self-prophesized themselves into being like, oh, that's it. it the time is now. Yeah. Oh, God. They're like, fuck it. They're like the weird Jesus people that get like overly hyphy anytime there's any conflict in the Middle East. And they're like, he's coming back. Mm -hmm. it's, it's in the book. And you're just like, please. Please stop. This is an Arby's. Like, what are you doing? Anyways. So meeting places, the structure of the organization, rites and rituals should reflect the ideas of the cult and the kinds of access to resources the cult has. So... If you're a well-funded cult, you might exist in some sort of cush, like, sweat lodge or health resort or some sort of, like, bougie place. Real big penthouse. Yeah, a lot of crunchy granola kind of things. Or, uh, like, cults that I've seen that, like, appropriate a lot of Southeast Asian stuff mm -hmm. where they're just like, oh, yeah, I have this Buddhist temple. It's not really a Buddhist temple. Yeah. They just bought a bunch of shit from, like, Timu. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. And then there's the more cash-strapped places or in organizations that might have compounds on multi-acre plots in the middle of nowhere or poorly tended to properties 
that they may have swindled off some of their members by having them like sign the rights uh, in their last will and testaments to the organization and then they somehow mysteriously died. Or they just get them when they're real old. Yeah, yeah. Get them when they're real old and scared and they're like questioning their morality and they're just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to hell. And it's like, well, I mean, if you sign this, maybe not. Maybe Maybe Jesus will love you. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Jesus told me that if you gave me all your land, then he would forgive you for all that really shitty stuff you did. Is that where the farm came from? Huh? Is that where the farm came from? I don't know anybody that actually... No, wait, I do know a couple of people that own a farm. Okay. But no, I didn't get my farm from there. Okay. But would you guys like to move out to a farm? (laughs) I technically have a portion of a farm. What? You can just move it over to my farm. We can squish it together. I don't think that's how uh, Earth work yeah i think it does if you dig deep it's enough. not a minecraft server it's actual dirt if you i don't know if you can enough. do that in minecraft either i don't minecraft if i don't know how you that dig works deep enough you can just move the earth to where it's at just dig all the way to bedrock oh just what if we pick it up and put it somewhere else right <laughs> just put it on my neighbors what are they gonna do move it <laughs> oh my god yeah so cult of the blood gods has a list of suggested uses for background dots for the cult to have on pages 184 through 187 if you want an idea of how like these assets could work and what to give the organization i'm going to suggest using coterie templates to keep track of what your cult has it it's makes it really nice nice and easy and i believe mr gone has like coterie template sheets you can download that are really nice you can just kind of pop it there hell you might be able to find a coterie template that already kind of like fits the vibe of your cult and use that template and just fudge it around a bit yeah just like nudge it yeah just use the smudge tool a little bit yeah and you're good yeah something else Mm -hmm. and cult of blood god also has a pre-generated list of members both mortal and vampire on page 193 and 194 if you don't have the time or you just don't know where to begin on building up like npcs for the cult so that's kind of helpful so characteristics. Uh, this is pulled from the International Cultic Studies Association. We have talked about this list before, so a quick overview. Characteristics for a cult will be the leadership dictates what members do, where they go, who they marry, etc. Leadership being a figurehead or a group of people. Yeah, it could be... Or just, just the cult itself. Yeah, it just could be the general social oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forces that could cancel you. That right. could be the leadership, if yes. anything. Uh The cult claims an exalted or privileged status in the world. Everything is presented as us versus them. Doubt, dissent, and questioning are discouraged violently if necessary. The cult is the cultist world, but not necessarily the leadership. And the cult does not think of itself as evil. All right. So once you got your your people, time, and resources figured out, stick these little characteristics on to what is going to be counted as the beliefs Beliefs. of the cult. So what is the narrative of your cult? So you need to decide for whatever this is. Uh, what they're thinking about, what they care about, what the morals are, what's, what's the byline, the storyline they're giving to people to get them interested in what you're selling. The world's in a lot of pain. Yeah. And there's really only one thing that will truly release all of us from that pain. Yeah. So do you want to come in here and look at this really dark closet I have? Oh God. Of course you start building your oubliette in a goddamn closet. (laughs) Anyhow. Oubliette. 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 (laughs) I was really scared that this was just going to turn into, like, a Snickers ad. <laughs> You're not yourself. You're not it's yourself. so-and-so. <laughs> I have a way to solve that. your pain. I saw that, Hunter. That was yeah, good. I was going to do it. You stopped yourself. <laughs> Someone decided to bring loud snacks to the table. I thought gummy bears would be quiet. They're not crunchy. They're squishy. I didn't realize you guys chewed with force. That was loud enough that a mic would pick it up. 
It's a gummy bear. You gotta gum it. You do. You gotta you gotta gum that gummy bear. Cult of the Blood God suggests various <laughs> forms of ancestor worship or vampiric concepts on pages 178, 179. If you're lost on like narratives or ideas to kind of base the cult on. Uh, there's also cult descriptions on pages 191 and 193 if you just want to randomly generate something or if you just want inspo for ideas and that kind of thing. So tons of resources. It's pretty nice. So if you don't want to use any of that, consider what the themes are of your chronicle. What is a major problem in your setting? What is something that one or multiple PCs or NPCs struggle with? The ba- uh, then build solutions for these themes or problems that seem plausible on their face value. So if part of the problem is the game is like thin bloods and the problem is the Camarillas are suppressing you all the time, the cult might be like, hey, we're building a community to protect ourselves. Seems solid and reasonable. And then that can snowball into something nefarious. Right. But if you want. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to suggest if you're somebody like me and you're spacey and you forget shit, make a flow chart. It can just be one page. Nothing serious. You don't have to be a good artist. You can use MS Paint. You can use a post-it. I don't care. Whatever works best for you. So make a flowchart of your ideological rabbit hole that would lead a character from being on, just walking on the streets, just being a guy, just a little dude, to being fully invested in the cult, bussy all the way down, how you ended up here. Gave all three dots of resources they had Mm -hmm. to the cult. Yeah. Shaved their head. Yeah. <laughs> Seems pretty easy. Yeah. Those guys up there suck. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to be free from them? Yeah. So to be free from them, we need you to participate in these very fucked up alchemical practices, which unfortunately to do these alchemical processes, while they will cause you a lot of pain, they will make you a better person at the end and you'll be able to defend yourself in this community. So therefore, I need you to give me all of your money and and some of your blood and some of your blood and all of your time working in my underground laboratory facility. It's the only way we're going to survive. And by the way, we're sex trafficking some of you. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Well, we got to pay for it. Well, yeah. How else are we going to pay for all of these reagents, man? They're, They're expensive. expensive. <laughs> the centrifuge? Five grand. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Leaves rundown house, gets in Porsche, drives to condo. Yeah. Well, I need the Porsche. How are people going to know that the cult is successful if I'm not blinging out? It's true. It's absolutely true. It's like one of the basic things in business, right? <laughs> but you're right it's very um <laughs> prosperity gospel yeah it can coded. be yeah it can be uh, i've i've seen some of these things also mirrored in some leftist spaces and it drives me insane because they're just like oh yeah we're doing all of these things to fight for like social justice or gay rights or women's liberation and then you get into it and you're just like oh this guy just wanted to fuck a bunch of hotties with blue hair that's all that's happening here you guys aren't actually doing anything fuck off it's annoying <sighs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> I would also suggest, once you have your little flowchart figured out, uh, write a couple of elevator pitches or that are like slogans, ideas that members of the cult can share along with a couple of like heresies or big no-dos that they would lash out against. So once you got your flowchart and you're like, okay, this is how you go from being a normal person to falling in and being absorbed into the simulation. What are, what are a couple of things along the route that you're just like, ah, these are something I can repeat that would maybe hook other people in or push them down the rabbit hole. And those are things you can just keep in mind to run and have your uh, NPCs ominously parrot throughout the Chronicle. I like it. And then when you pick a couple of like, these are their hard lines, like things that they consider to be like verboten, 
if the player says those things. That's when you can let the mask slip a little and just be like, oh, no. I love it. You're just talking to this, this, this little, like, quirky thin blood, and they're, like, so nice. And then the, you said the thing that makes them upset, and then they just, like, slowly pull out a Molotov. Jerry? What are you doing here? <laughs> and then they set themselves on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> to prove their devotion and see how strong you can become. You can overcome the flame if you were to just join us. Yeah, that's not Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. He likes to set other people on fire. No, Jerry's interested in other fire, not self-fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I was worried there for a second. It could be both. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I, Jerry, and I think our... he'd prefer option one to option two. Yeah, but... like, if he happens to catch fire in the pursuit of causing other fires, that's collateral damage, yeah. but he's not, like, seeking to self-emulate. Yeah, I'm not seeing that, because you can't set other fires once you set yourself on fire. Yeah, yeah. Once you're... Like, when you're a vampire and you self-emulate, you, there's no... There's no more fire. Unless no. you join our cult. There you go. I mean, our organization. Speaking of, yes. org chart. <laughs> the dog sweaters will protect us yes. from flame. So uh, I would suggest deciding if your cult is going to have an official hierarchy or just kind of be more of a nebulous conspiracy. So uh, there's loads of multi-level markets, churches, corporations that have pre-generated org charts you can just borrow. Thanks. You can just steal that shit. There's no need for you to spend your time making this shit unless you're into it. There's tons of people that are into doing the world building and they love to like make their little whatever charts and that's great. Yeah, find some churches online, screenshot mm-hmm. their who they are, we, who we are page. Yep. <laughs> You're Boom. done. You yep. got a guy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> tons of, yeah. Or, you know, that one episode of uh, It's Always Sunny where they're explaining the organization and everything. And it's like, that's just a pyramid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a pyramid scheme. Uh, so good. Uh, whilst you have your little organization figured out, uh, do any of the positions in the cult have special names? Do any of these positions have special duties, rights, or responsibilities? Make a little note about that in your little org chart. Mm-hmm. So, because that will build on to your practices. Does your cult have any signs, symbols, or relics? What meaning do these have? Some of them, it's like a, mm-hmm. a green circle with a lady spreading her arms. Mm-hmm. Her her fish legs. Her fish legs. Yeah. Yeah. It is a cult. Let me say. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get sponsorship from Starbucks. No. No, we, I've, I've worked I've, for I've, them. That shit is a cult. Yeah, I worked there too. It was a bad idea. Mm-mm. Well, worked's a strong word. I showed up there. You showed up and received years. compensation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I worked at Starbucks for years, and I never once learned how to make drinks. That's that's the level of employee I was. I still have all the drink recipes like grilled into my brain, and I hate it. But the cool thing is, now that I have this insider knowledge, I just share it to other people to be like, no, 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 no. What you're doing is bullshit. No, no, no. Don't do that. Do this. Do this instead. If you're going to do, if you're going to go there and spend money, don't go to Starbucks and spend money. But if you have to go there for whatever reason, there are certain ways you can order things to save yourself money. Or there are products that you can buy that have less of a profit margin for them that I can tell you about. It's like, don't buy the Frappuccinos. That's where they make most of their money. It's mostly ice. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly ice. Milk's really cheap. If if, If you have to spend money at Starbucks, don't get the Frappuccino. That is the most expensive for you and the most money they make. We are never going to get a sponsorship, which I'm okay with. Moving along. Speaking of, uh, is there a uniform in your cult? You can go from uh, Heaven's Gate, where they all have literally the same outfit and haircut and everything, to uh, uh, just, is there some sort of common sign or signal that a person can wear to let each other know that they're in? And like, you know, it could be like a little tattoo. It could be a little ring. It could just be like the way you wear a tie. 
There's tons of little things you can do. Hand gestures. Hand well, gestures. I definitely would never make any of my friends dress a specific way. I think that individuality is important. But secret handshakes are fun. Yeah. So, because, yeah, not only does the... Oh, my God, they licked their palms and high-fived. Anyways. And then we both immediately wiped our hands off. <laughs> it's Just, part of the secret handshake. It is part of the secret mm-hmm. handshake. But uh, Lick, smack, grab. <laughs> smack. grab. I love that. Oh, God. This is going to be the most unhygienic Gen Con, I swear. Look, okay. look, it's lick, right? Yeah. To give part of yourself to the, the cult, and then he does, and you... Mixed together. You're joining forces. You're joining forces, then you have to take that. And unfortunately, joining forces in such an impure world, you have to say, I'm willing to shed the impurities of this world by wiping it down on your... Please tell me you're going to, like, have Purell or something on you as well. I have my pants. These are holy pants. (sighs) Anyways, so... A portion of the reason why you do these uh, uniforms or dress signifiers is not only to have the low-key, like, hey, we're in the same community, we're building brotherhood and community and whatever. It also will visibly ostracize you from the rest of the community, which also, like, further, like, insulates you within the cult. Mm -hmm. This is a very common tactic for cults. Did you say changing speech patterns? I will be getting to that, yes. Uh, They they use the same thing. Yeah, it's very similar thing yeah it's why a lot of cults they'll be like they'll have you do a very dramatic thing like shave your head mm-hmm. completely change your wardrobe and wear like simple white things or bleh. wear these robes or... yeah it's all about dehumanizing mm-hmm. or depersonalizing, depersonalizing. Right. Yeah, yeah that's what i mean so uh if you want uh random cult names or symbols because your brain is just at eh, and won't do it uh called the blood gods pages 187 to 190 has a bunch of tables you can just pick. Nice. It's helpful. Uh, so what are the rituals? So even if you're in a secular cult, humans partake in ritualistic behaviors to build community. So this can be like doing regular meetups, specific greetings, grooming practices, partaking in certain types of food and eating habits, holidays and celebrations. Even if you're not doing, even if you're just like, I don't want to do any of that Jesus you shit, da da da, you still partake in rituals. It's just a thing people do. Mm-hmm. So Figuring out, like, a couple for the cult is a good this little note to make to be like, okay, so how how do they, like, or, like, physically engage within these practices? So, you gotta, you got way too many options for me to list. If you can't pick any for yourself, Cult of the Blood Gods has a whole section on spiritual rituals and holidays that you can use on page 182. Did I ever tell you guys mm. I, um, I have a projector out at the farm and we do like no. weekly movie nights. You're oh, really cool. into projectors. Well, it's because you can have a giant screen. Anywhere. Yeah, I can put it on the side of the farm, the barn, and we can like have however many people you want to bring over. Bring your friends, bring your family. We all hang out, watch a movie. Um, do we all have to do that gross high five? Yeah, that's how you get in. Well, um, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You don't, again, I'm not going to tell you you have to do anything. You know, people might look at you weird. But you know, it'd be cool if you did, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, we once a year, we do have a big party. It's mm-hmm. in the middle of the winter. Uh, we're going to have that projector out. We're going to watch the thing. It's called, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our, it's our yearly thing, Thingspiration. And it helps us feel more Hunter, did you just throat spray. throat spray your palm? Yeah, it's like 90% alcohol. Oh. I know okay. it was my idea, but after I licked my palm, it uh, it tasted real bad. <laughs> and I've had a bad taste in my mouth, so I'm just washing my hands. No, I didn't mean, I was trying to do it quietly. I know, but the Thir- mic could just very slightly 
not only pick up your throat spray, but just the slight hand of you rubbing your mitts together, the slight sound of that. See, I thought I could get away with it quietly. No. I'm just sanitizing myself. I, I appreciate you. So Throat spray has so many uses. A thing you use your throat for is language, which is the next thing we're talking about with cults. Cool. Uh, cults tend to build up a specific language to communicate within themselves and each other. This gives members a sense of belonging while differentiating themselves from others. So this is, yeah, another depersonalization and also ostracization tactic. So I recommend, based on your flow chart and your org chart for your cult, pick a few words and phrases that will be key indicators of cult think. And it's something if you want to be a really sinister storyteller, just lightly sprinkle that into things and just slowly crank it up and then stop using it and just watch the players just get real paranoid it's very funny <laughs> watch them start using it to try to find oh that's people. the worst oh i was gonna say i finding them it makes sense no that's the best idea the worst was accidentally picking up game language and using it outside of game and then mm. you're just like no no <laughs> no the game has become real it's like you know i started saying bruh ironically years ago and now i can't like, fucking stop <laughs> saying it yep it's unfortunate <sighs> you got bread i got bread bruh so what are the goals of your cult how are they achieving them what happens to those within the cult that fail and what happens to those who are perceived as a threat how extreme the cult is and how far they will go and are capable of acting will depend on their influence, resources, cult membership, and how deep those beliefs are with those members. I was about to say, that could be just that last one, even. Mm -hmm. It could be broke-ass, like, five people. Mm -hmm. And they could still make a pretty big difference. Mm -hmm. Very short term. Yeah, there is the, <laughs> uh, uh, the unfortunate phenomenon of, like, stochastic terrorism, where... Yeah. And this exists, I think, in like that nebulous cult uh, format where there's figureheads within this like uh, thought cult mm -hmm. that will say things that are not directly like, hey, you should go shoot a guy. But they will constantly uh, push fear and concern and push people to do an action. How well, dangerous this it. person yeah. is. How dangerous these people are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you get people like Dr. Tiller shot and then nothing happens and nobody takes responsibility. Yep. <sighs> Yep, very annoying. Uh, I don't know who well, Dr. Tillers is. Dr. Tiller was a abortion doctor in the 2000s that uh, Bill O'Reilly on Fox News grilled about every night on his show for a long time. And then one of his viewers went into Dr. Tiller's church and executed him publicly. Oh, okay. And then everybody was like, Bill O'Reilly, what the fuck? And he's like, well, I didn't tell him to do it. It's not my fault. Yeah. Shockingly, he stopped talking about abortion clinics for several months after Good. that incident. I mean, eventually went back to it, but, yeah, you know. <sighs> so, yeah, it could be a, a group of two, three, five people. Yeah, it could, could just be, be your... a guy. Right. That just, he doesn't have a lot of money, but he's got a gun and a lot of moxie. Yep. <laughs> or you could have a giant organization with a lot of influence working all in cohesion to, like, have, like, essentially, like, a second or third masquerade running underneath the actual masquerade of just... Yeah. Crazy. Hella influential cult. Hella influential. Yeah. And hopefully, I, I don't think most of our listeners would have a problem with this, but I do need to preface that even in religious studies, that line between cult and religion is very wide and very blurry. Um, most one of the times I've heard like actual religious scholar be asked about cults, a lot of times they'll just straight up say cults aren't real. Mm -hmm. They're just religions. Yeah. 
you could maybe classify them as a folk religion, but there's no such thing as a cult. Like a quote-unquote cult. Hmm. Yeah, I've been using the term cult for this series and our show kind of the same way that they are referred to in Cult of the Blood Gods. And I should have made a note about this from the book, and I'm sorry I didn't, but one of the pages does talk about the fact that they use the term cult as just a umbrella term for like a belief system. It could technically be a religion. It could technically be a non-secular just or a non-religious just secular just thought that people have or a conspiracy theory. It's just cult is a easy word to succinct a lot a large and wide variety of ideas into one. I would specifically say that in the case of vampire, they tend to be religious, but Cult is not an academic term, so don't get hung up by it too much. Yeah, and if you are of somebody of a faith, I'm fairly sure you're pretty relaxed and groovy if you're listening to us, and we're not trying to single you out specifically. It's just some of your uh, community members are dickheads, and you're aware of that, so we're not gonna we're not yelling at you. Word. Yeah, there's tons of people that I know have a faith, and they are good friends of mine, and they're good people, and they do good things, and it is possible to happen. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Just because you go to church technically doesn't make you a good or a bad person. It's a neutral activity. <laughs> Hopefully nothing cultic is happening in your church, though. <laughs> well, bad cultics. What are you smiling at? Well, John caught me staring at my hand because it feels kind of weird now and it smells like herbs from the throat you spray. Sp- <laughs> you sprayed it with throat spray. But I got his spit uh, sanitized. So that's what's important. It doesn't smell like a spit, too, right? No, it just smells like uh, like very earthy herbs. What are the herbs in your uh, throat spray? The herbs? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Acacia root, uh, propisol resin, hyssop flowering aerial parts. Do you say propisol resin? Uh, propolis. Propolis? Propolis. I don't know. Sage aerial parts in St. John's Wort. Okay. So it's like sage flower and hibiscus flower and some other shit? And alcohol. Okay. It's a tincture. It sure do be. Look at it, that. It do be tinction. So, on the note of uh, the cult's actions and behaviors and goals and all that, I did want to very specifically document and note that you should discuss with the table as session zero, or when these elements may be introduced in your story, because sometimes this stuff happens mid-season. Talk about how you want to maybe introduce this, how true to life you want to be, how violent, how sexual, how exploitative everyone is comfortable with in and out of character going forward. I think a good place to start there is look at the your consent sheets from your players Mm -hmm. and you can start there and if you feel like something that you might be coming up with the cult you have an idea for or the cult you might be using then if you feel like it might be approaching one of those you can have a conversation with that player Mm -hmm. um but yeah use use those consent sheets that's what they're for yeah the consent sheets will save you a whole lot of uh kerfuffle if you're planning something and you go okay i want to do this check the sheets okay this this and this are verboten we're not doing it you're like okay what if i steer the cult this way instead and i think consent sheets are a really good creativity tool Mm -hmm. so use it and that way you can before you even bring it up to your players like pre-edit your proposal or just the hey guys i'm gonna run this idea past you like are you cool with it like you don't have to give away all of your st behind the screen secrets but you should be able to give them at least a like movie trailer vague amount of an idea of like hey guys if you keep fucking with this npc this is what's gonna start coming are you cool with that yeah okay like it can be as simple as that because, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have dealt with this much, but when I've tried to speak to other storyteller people, sometimes people get hung up on the, well, consent talks make me have to, like, give away all my plot secrets and it ruins the game. No, okay, but good. 
I haven't played with too many people outside of our friend group or server, mm-hmm. I would guess, in like convention games, which are generally pretty chill. Yeah. Intentionally, so. Okay. But I think it's pretty easy if you just use the consent sheet. Uh, I can't remember who what company designed uh, Monty it. Cook. Yeah, the Monty Cook one. I think that that's what I use as my baseline, and if it. And then just ask, is there anything not on the sheet Mm -hmm. that you would like to give a warning or that you would like a warning for Mm -hmm. or anything that's just completely off the table this might not cover? That's usually good enough. Yeah, that's kind of my only critique on the Monty Cook document because it's a one page PDF. I wish it was a two page and the second page was just blank and you can type in whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes people have very oddly specific triggers or concerns that even the notes section they give you, they, there's just not enough fucking room. Yeah. Or if you're like me and you're forgetful and you want to keep notes, I would love to be able to keep all of my consent notes on the fucking sheet. Mm. So often yeah. what I end up doing is I take the Monty Cook sheets and I just transfer all of that information to a Google Doc and I just save it on there. Yeah. I mean, I've also just had players who were like, look at the Monty Cook one. They like see like harm to animals and they're like, no, I would never do that. Oh, I don't mind having to fight like a wolf. I just didn't want anything to happen to a kitty. It's yeah. like some of them are a little vague. You need a little more. Yeah. But they're just like, I don't want harm to pets, but like wild critters don't give a fuck about. Yeah. Or like, yes, we, I assumed we were adventurers. We would hunt deer for food. Yeah. At some point, things like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Animals as antagonists, okay. Animals as victims, not okay. Yeah. We were like, well, if the bear's coming for me and I stab it, that the bear can kill me. Yeah. A long scene where we're describing me like skinning a rabbit, too much. Not cool. Not cool. And that's valid. So while the cult mate might make fantastic antagonists, I just like peppering them in to things as they like, these exist. There's things outside of you guys that are just constantly churning. You can engage with it or not, but that's just kind of my style of storytelling is very much a, I will throw what things that the plot exist that the players are engaging with. Mm-hmm. Cause I am like, I don't have the time or the brain space to be building out entire worlds and novels for you guys not to see it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to throw some plot hooks. And if there's anything that makes the players go, oh, shiny. I go, okay, cool. Well, that's happening now. I I find that style of DMing only really works if you're planning on playing multiple campaigns in the same setting Mm -hmm. or you're running for multiple groups. Yeah. Because then you can kind of get ahead of like, oh, I've run this before this group and they did that, but someone else does something different. Well, I already know what's over there. Yeah. Oh, like the pre-gens, I like have... If you're like, yeah, you're like doing like, you are building out the novel and taking care of... The, the only times yeah. I really have found that useful is if I know I'm going to be running the same thing multiple times. Yeah. Like I have uh, my my setting based around like Louisville, Kentucky that I have been keeping all of my notes for every time I've run that setting for people as like little one shots. So now I have a nice little stack of roster of just things that exist that I can just kind of pull out of my ass, which is nice. It's good for me, but that works for me. There, you. It's there's some people that are our writers and they want to write all that shit out. Good for you guys. I, God bless you. I don't know how the fuck you do that shit. I don't have that kind of brain. But while you're planning all these things out, uh, it is not worth harming yourself or your friends for the sake of a game. Don't do it. It's stupid. Uh, just, you know, make sure you're making plans for, you know, fade to blacks, uh, smash cuts, pausing scenes, you can take five, or just calling this a game for a night if something just, because you can't account for whatever the fuck your players are going to say, and then same time your DM just, or your ST might just yes and, or no but themselves into a weird corner, and just kind of like, oh fuck, well I've done a thing, can we, pa- can we take a five? <laughs> I need to figure out how to make this work. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Because I've, I've had that happen in one Pathfinder game. A player um, 
threw uh, basically eldritch goo into a horror box, and the store and the DM had to like call the game for like twenty minutes because he was just like water. It was kind of the eldritch equivalent of throwing a portable hole into a uh, <laughs> a bag of holding. Oh, okay. And he's like, I don't know how this not end in a TPK. Yeah. Shit, I need I need to think about this. Uh, so yeah, when you're dealing with cults, because it can get very personal and it is involving emotional manipulation of characters, go ahead and be overly cautious. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do an episode around it when the book finally drops. Mm. But I, this is that's kind of the bad side of the bleed that people were talking about. That book has dropped, and I am slowly working on that okay. for us. Um. I'm trying to expand upon it, which is why we have the unethical game essay that I cited for this. Yeah. And a couple other books that I'm trying to read while also trying to prep this lubricate. We might have to switch our schedules on things a little bit. But I I understand that feeling. I had to watch a couple movies this week (laughs) for my episode. Ooh. It's for the patrons, though. Oh, hell yeah, though. But yeah. So I had to set up the camera. You are going to have to set up a camera. I did. Oh, you did. And then I took it apart because it's actually attached to the computer that's sitting in my lap. Ah, but you but you know the setup now. Yeah. Yeah. We got it. Hell yeah. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, be prepped with whatever calibration tools you're going to need for doing intense scenes. Um, I'm going to recommend doing whatever research you're going to want to do ahead of time to like know what you're getting into. Have your little flow charts or charts. There's tons and tons of true crime, whatever the fuck, about tons of cults. If you want inspiration, some of them are good. A lot of them are not because it's that like sensationalist. Like they were all brainwashed and like bad, bad social science, let alone just real science. So just be aware of your sources. But there's tons of them that are easily accessible that you can look into. And also make sure you keep open communications between yourself and your players. Yeah, we're doing we're trying to do spooky games. Doesn't mean you have to hurt your brain or your friends' brains. Yeah. Hooray. Hurrah. So that's how you build a cult ethically. For Vampire the Masquerade. I think I nailed it. I think. Yeah, ah. I think that's a good guide. Cool. <laughs> Let us. What do you guys think? I How think, you feeling? I feel more ready for Salubri. Okay, cool. Cool. A lot of this has been prepped for Salubri, guys. <laughs> I feel like that's a good first step. <sighs> Between the cults and talking about the abyss and then some other stuff we might cover before. How are you feeling, John? I'm feeling good. You feeling good? Yeah. Uh, we're all in agreement. We're moving out to this farm. Are we going to? F- I, I just started a new job. You don't need a job. It's a self-sustaining farm. Oh, my God. We're going to take care of each other. <laughs> but not in like the sexy way for anybody else who's coming out to the, the farm. I mean, you can, I mean that is an option you're you, allowed to. You can be sexy with people who are consenting with you to be sexy at yes. times and places. Correct. Yes. Yeah, you're normal, normal, sexy time, whatever. All that stuff applies. Mm-hmm. But not. Uh, but it's not required. Yeah. What? I say not at designated times during the day. Oh, yeah. No, you don't have specific times that you have to do that. You can do it whenever you <laughs> no, want. No, there's well, specific times you can't do that. That, I guess, is true. Like, during dinner, while you're at the table. Yeah. You have to be there. You're not allowed to be there. You're not. Huh? Well, no, you're allowed to be at the dinner. You just yes, can't you fuck. Can't be having yeah, sex. you have to be at the dinner, and you cannot sex. And you cannot sex at the dinner. I, I think that's fair. I think it's perfectly fair. Because yeah, you can sex at the dinner table before and after. As long as there aren't any non-willing parties there to witness. 
fair. Which means you probably can't. Yeah, well, maybe not before. There, maybe okay. not before, because then people are like prepping and setting. Exactly. You also mentioned yeah. people might be bringing their families, which that, those that's... are that's for the that's for the once a week movie nights. Yeah, see, and that's for the once a year. I would not suggest bringing children to the once a year the the thingathon. The thingathon, um, which is when we watch the thing at um eleven thirty. Well, we we start. Sorry, sorry, we start at what is it like ten thirty ish, ten thirty ish. Um at like february um 24th mm-hmm. uh february 24th 10 30 ish you start it so it ends at about midnight mm-hmm. and we do that once a year and i would not suggest bringing children to that because we will be sitting outside it'll be it should be cold as balls but with you know it might the climate be. being what it is it might not be cold as balls it's <gasps> 46 today i know i'm wearing a light cardigan and I... it's hot in this recording room and i'm slowly taking it off I am only wearing three layers today. I am. Are we trying to leave? We're trying to. We so. have a Twitter. We do have a Twitter. Uh, we don't really use it, so you can yeah. use the Twitter to get back to the things we do use. Yeah. Like Instagram, uh, Blink Buddies Pod, that. and then also the TikTok at Blink Buddies Podcast. I have plans for it. It says we fixed it. <laughs> well, yeah, we're gonna fix it. We weren't. It wasn't. It was broken. I have fixed it. This we had planned to do this script many, many moons ago, and then just didn't. And this is a really old script format, so <laughs> it's true. It's fine. Uh, we do have a Patreon. Uh, there's various tiers that you can help us with your dollar dues to continue to do and improve the show. Yeah, tiers give you access to uh the the Patreon uh channels, little Discord titles. Uh, Patron exclusive episodes of the podcast. That's where the episodes I write go now. You get one of those a month and you vote on them. Yeah, which is fun. And then there's also show notes. I know on the Patreon episodes, we're planning on doing some actual plays at some point. Yeah, once probably once you're a little freer. Uh, Once I have less of the brain scramblies, like give it a week or two at least. So So I'm not going to put on this poll. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the time this episode is out, that poll will be over. Okay, yeah, because we're technically recording ahead of schedule, guys. We're doing it. Yeah, we're like two episodes ahead or something. Hell yeah, that's we're, pretty neat. We're doing it, guys. We're twenty twenty four coming on strong. Uh, Woo! yeah, and we are trying to hit the Patreon goal of five hundred bucks a month. And when that happens, I will do the World of Darkness dairy episode. Mm-hmm. Milk, 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 lemonade. Milk. Round the corner podcast is made. <laughs> I mean, most podcasts are shit, so you are correct. Yeah. Yeah, not this one though. Give us money, please. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah does some thinking. I, uh, I think about things. I literally have completely altered my fucking college degree program for the show, which is crazy. I dropped out, so <laughs> that was probably the smart choice. Honestly, man, my life would be so much better if I had an art degree right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you could be earning more just for having a degree, though. Depends. Yeah. Depends. That's fair. That's going away quickly, it seems. It is. Uh, the uh, What's not going away quickly is we do have an interview series. If you do, like, cool project or community things, cosplay, you write for World of Darkness Storytellers Vault, you do games, music, got a cool project, come talk to us about it. I apologize for people that we do have on the roster. I've been try- I've been adulting too close to the sun. Well, we took a break for December, so we, we kind of just all step back, and now we're just getting we're, back into... We're stepping back in. Yeah. That's the what... boys are back in town. The boys are back in town! We are too white to live. <laughs> the boys are back in town! <laughs> the caucasity of this right now, I cannot. 
Ugh. But yeah, hit us up at blankbodies at gmail if you want to talk to us about your cool stuff. Uh, yeah, I think we did it. I think we did it, boys. I think, I we, did think it. we did it, boys. Yeah. All right. Well, I see? guess we're saying goodbyes now. Yep. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. I lost my mouse. No.